Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I heard this thing on the radio with Sarah Pascoe, who I know you like because you've got Sarah Pascoe's book, Comedian. It, and yeah, she, was, uh, she was talking about uh, when she went for an interview to do philosophy at Cambridge mm-hmm. and she had to go and visit this uh, old professor in his rooms and he was a real one of these old-fashioned dons and his room was absolutely full of books. It and looked um, about like the opposite of Jeremy Corbyn's room. Mm, correct, because he's never read a book, as we know. But yeah, the room was absolutely full of books. And she went in there and said to him, oh, my room's like this, set with me it's clothes. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's rather good, isn't it? I can't remember whether that was in her book or not, because she did talk about her her Cambridge interview in a book. Mm. She didn't get a place. <laughs> no, she didn't. That's right. Uh, and a couple of a uh, couple of other jokes, just to check the level. Maybe another joke here. Um, oh, I like to laugh. Yeah, you like. We all like to laugh. I went to Waterstones and I asked the woman for a book about turtles. She said hardback, and I said yeah, and little heads. <laughs> I think I quite like that actually. Good. Well, you're obviously in the mood to laugh. I thought I'd start with uh, with Love Island because yeah, we talk sad. about we talk about Love Island a lot. It's not Love Island season. It's like um, the off season. You know, people who talk about golf and stuff or football. They have the off-season. We're in the off-season of Love Island. We are. But we talk about Love Island a lot, and you clearly enjoy the show. Mm. But I just wondered if you felt, in a way, just a little bit guilty when you, you know... I think definitely. I think it would be impossible to not... To be a fan... Because I am a big fan of the show, and I think it's a... um, It's unbelievable how popular it got. And Mm. I think it's a great study of of human interaction and stuff. But also, and it's just, like, a lot of fun to watch. But... But do you feel guilty in having that fun? Because mm-hmm. I, I was just... Some of the stories said what happens to these contestants who are going to Love Island. We've had two suicides now. Yeah, within and, the last nine months. And it says that the TV company chews them up and spits them out yeah. for our entertainment. Yeah. Some of the pe- the contestants on here have got really good really good like support systems. Like People like Danny Dyer... She's got. She's clearly got a like strong family unit. She's still with the guy that she was with before. Like some of them clearly have the, yeah, the, the network so to be able to deal with it. So but think... some of them really don't. Like Mike, the Mike, that's or whatever. Thalicitis. And it was Sophie from season two as well who committed suicide. And clearly, like they needed extra support because being in the public eye so much and then just being, like what? he was clearly like had a persona on TV shows that was very different from what he was actually like, which must be exhausting to try and keep up with. And also, you must get a lot of backlash about it. 
which yeah, is he's Mike awesome. Thalassitis. I mean, do you remember him from the show? Oh yeah, of course. And what was he like on the show? I he mean, was a bit of a lothario on the show, or at least that's the way that the producers chose to present him. And he had the nickname Muggy Mike and whatever, which mm. is obviously like some news re- news stories have reported. It. It's like Muggy Mike um, takes his own life, whatever. Like. I think it's completely inappropriate to use the nickname Muggy Mike now. And so, yeah, I've been a bit of a, was he a, very like a popular, playboy. Was he a popular contestant? Yeah, I mean, yeah, as everyone a viewer, liked him and stuff. Yeah. I think people like, love to hate him when he was on the show. Mm. But then people, the other people who knew him, he was on First Dates, then I've not, I don't watch First Dates, but there was um, a guy called Sam Thompson who was from Made in Chelsea who knew him from First Dates and stuff and said that he was like the exact opposite of how you would imagine him to be. And so I think the producers of the show have done him a real disservice of presenting him as this like playboy Lothario character of being arrogant and cocky and stuff because I think that he actually well clearly isn't but that. they're doing that for you, your entertainment and yeah, your exactly. enjoyment so in a way yeah, everybody think, who watched it is complicit in what's going on with yeah. it because we had two suicides now you would have thought after the first suicide they would have given some thought either to the editing of the programme or the way they present these people on yeah but the like show. the character Sophie I don't want to call them characters because obviously they're real people but the way they're presented on I think that's one of the problems is that they're characters Mm. on TV shows, but they're actually real people. And not being able to separate your public persona from who you actually are is, I think, one of the real big problems with this. And, like, you can see that. So these two people have committed suicide from Love Island, but so, like, Heath Ledger, he committed suicide, and a lot of people peg that down to him not being able to separate the character of the Joker from himself. And, yeah, and I think there is... You see them as characters, and that's that's what's horrible and stuff but I think that but you're going to carry on watching Love Island I don't well yeah probably Mm. but then I think that surely the responsibility of how you present these people and the support they get after the show and teaching them how to deal with being in the public eye surely the producers and the people who work on the show are more responsible than the audience I think it's the suddenness of it, isn't it? It's just your throat, and it's also the fact that it's They're not. It's not. It's to not. Do a, that, I know, either. and it's not a career. I'm just thinking about um, Hollywood. Not so much Hollywood now, but Hollywood in the 30s and 40s, where you would get some uh, some person like like Norma Jean, who's manufactured into Marilyn Monroe, yeah, and at least gets the time. I mean, she had such a sort of troubled upbringing yeah. that the, probably the seeds for her suicide were probably there. You know, long before yeah. she was even famous. But, you know. Well, it, like the Heath Ledger thing, he never. A lot of people talk about how he never went to, um, like, acting school or anything. And that was one of the reasons why he couldn't separate his characters from himself because he was never trained or anything. Mm. And it's the same with these people, is they're never trained to be in the public eye. And I think that was. But the you point can say is that with, like, royals as well. Yes. Well, royals are trained. No, they're trained, but, like, Diana wasn't in the way that she should have been and she was really troubled and stuff I mean well Diana was sort of cut adrift from the from the royal thing you are as part as part of the royals Mm. you you've got a support network a huge support network it's just that she either cut herself off or was they were yeah they isolated her Um, that was the problem with Diana and Diana don't forget didn't commit suicide no no I know well People don't just crash in tunnels. They don't just crash in tunnels. Well, now this brings me. It's interesting. Brings us on to the uh, to the second uh, second thing. 
you're saying you're subscribing to all the conspiracy theories about Princess Hundred percent. Right. There's no right. There is, people don't just crash in tunnels. Yes, but if the if the driver who's had a bit too much Not. to drink and they've been pursued by the paparazzi, they probably do. Um, but we don't know. I just wonder why you young people these days are so keen on conspiracy theories. This is not young. It's not just young people are keen on conspiracy theories. People... Everyone for the history of the world has been keen on conspiracy theories. People love to make up stuff about the moon landings. That's not just young people. No. Well, it wouldn't be. No, it's 69. The, yeah, exactly the moon landings, we know the moon landings were faked. So we, <laughs> so we don't need to worry about that. Or, um... What, what, like people make up conspiracy theories about like Tutankhamun and stuff like that's mm. the cities of gold that's old stories from the yeah, you know from the President Victorian Kennedy. times people, assassination of President yeah. Kennedy people make up there's another one that was conveniently killed although I've seen all the documentaries about President yeah. Kennedy and it was Lee Harvey Oswald acting alone okay so I think that President Kennedy genuinely was just shot by Lee Harvey Oswald that's fine Princess Diana I'm not so sure. And then the moon landings. I think they did land on the moon. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot we don't know about space, about NASA and space agencies that they're just keeping secret from us. Mm. Now, the, the reason I raise conspiracy theories mm-hmm. is there were various outlandish theories about Madeleine McCann, most of which involve the parents and their friends, the, the Tapas Seven or whatever they call them, yeah. being involved in the tragedy. Yeah. And there's an eight-part series on... I've watched a little bit of all the episodes, of all the episodes, but I can't watch the whole... Eight episodes. It's ridiculous. Too it long. is ridiculous. And according to the guy from the Sunday Times who covered it at the time, uh, and wrote a covered big piece... The, covered when she was disappeared at the time. Covered when she disappeared. Right. And the aftermath, and wrote a big piece in the Sunday Times mm-hmm. magazine. It's absolute nonsense. Oh, yeah, it is. It's just um, recycled. There's no evidence, no new evidence whatsoever. There's absolutely nothing new in this documentary. Eight episodes, as you said, nothing new in it. Uh, Jerry and Kate McCann are not in it. They declined to participate in it. Yeah, no wonder. They're friends from the holiday, the so-called Tapas Seven. Uh, none of them uh, contributed to the programme There's no one um, who could genuinely shed any light on anything. It's no. just these, like, pseudo-experts, really. Yeah, a prominent role is given to uh, Goncalo Amaral, who was the uh, head of the investigation, who sort of convinced himself at a very early stage that the couple were guilty. Yeah, well, that was the that's the whole. Pro- that's probably one of the reasons they didn't find her, and probably will but never. Your find friends her. at school uh, all think, uh, <laughs> yeah. almost well, without the- exception, you were telling me that um, the McCanns did yeah, it. That they drugged. The, they accidentally drugged her in the, I mean the, it's just unbelievable like I just don't think that they did it because I don't think you could no, act that well for that long no you couldn't keep up the pretense but I don't long, like yeah. all the Twitter threads and all the people on Twitter like saying it's that it is just because it's like they're there they're like they're imagine how that would feel yeah, and the, the and for the children, if everyone was accusing your parents of being murderers and kidnappers, and but your be friends their in children. school are quite happy to contribute to the Twitter threads, etc. <laughs> well, yeah, but did you have someone who got? Were you telling me got like nine thousand likes or something? Oh yeah, there was someone. This is not like a friend, but like someone at my school, and they got like tons and tons of 
like retweets and stuff for saying for, say, for a theory but like hers was not a particularly bad one because it genuinely was just like based on what the tv show had said and like a theory and stuff so the worst ones are ones where it's just them calling yeah. calling the mccann's names yeah. with no i can't see that's one thing discussion. i can't understand why the mccann's get so much well i think that um, it's a little bit because they're like educated yeah, I think it middle is. class like I think it's a lot of that and because that they've kept it in the public eye for so long and people blame them for using taxpayers money and stuff but you have to put yourself in their shoes yeah. and like so people say oh it's too it's too much like you won't write a book about it you wouldn't do this but like that's their entire life if your child's been kidnapped how would you possibly be able to think about anything else and like I've read her book have you really yeah I read it on holiday like absolutely ages ago oh, and, ideal holiday reading yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was in Portugal at the time you know I think I was in the holiday when we went to that villa in Portugal mm. when I was way too young to be reading the McCann's biography. I just, See, you reading then that you book would... on holiday in Portugal is a bit like, you know, on planes, they never put on Snakes on a Plane or any of those movies. They never show those on yeah. planes for, for a reason, for a reason. <laughs> but I think that, like, if I was her, I would use... And so the, one of the Tapas Sevens, like, cousin was an MP or something, so they really used all their links and stuff. But you would, like, you'd mm. do whatever it took, that, well, whatever you thought that was going to help. Uh, you mentioned uh, hate mail, and yeah, I know when you said you've got something through the post, I was going to say oh, more hate mail. Yes, you mentioned hate mail. This actually did come through the post to uh, Talk Radio. It's so um, mean. I recently heard you read it out a letter from Mr. and Mrs. Belling on your late night program. Uh, I thought they that were... was for anyone who doesn't know. That was my hate mail from last week. Hate mail from last week, saying you were supercilious. And whining, we, whining, yes. And we did actually look up the thesaurus to find different meanings of supercilious. Hoity toity was the one that I really liked. <laughs> so you're hoity toity, and they agreed that you're a bit hoity toity. Um, it's so harsh. And then th- this is bit, this one's worse. You think this one's worse? Well, the other one was like outwardly just like mean. Mm. But you can kind of be like, well, they're just you know, they're not that mm. nice and stuff. This one's. The grammar is excellent. It's beautifully it's, written. And it's it's fantastic, fantastically written. It's well-headed. They clearly have written a letter before. They've signed it. Signature mm-hmm. signed, this one. Yes, they have. It's, and the um, full address in here as well. Full address in it. There's, um, it's all well-paragraphed. Mm-hmm, it is. And they say that uh, I'm giving you... This, this, is, this is the worst bit. This is what you didn't like. They pay tribute to me for giving your daughter the experience and exposure, and I'm sure it will exposure? help. Exposure? That I'm, sounds like I'm one of those celebrities who does, like, detox tea adverts on well, Instagram. Could, maybe you could maybe do Maybe one day. Maybe <laughs> one day. I'm sure it will help her university applications and future career. So... I'll uh, t- right, well... Right, well... Sir. Well, right, well. <laughs> listen. Listen, Carl. This is Carl um, Swan. You can't sit if it's bad stuff you can't give their full name well yeah because then they might have people with pitchforks go around to their house uh, what were your fans yeah your fan base (laughs) the uh, pitchforks (laughs) what have you been watching the simpsons oh right the simpsons of course well on my my overnight show i not only gave his name out i gave his full address out by mistake did you actually (laughs) yeah by mistake that's so bad Um, no but um it's not on 
I would not talk about this on my YouTube. To be honest, here's a secret for you all. Quite embarrassed about it. Don't really talk about it to no, him. I, I wouldn't put it on a university application. It definitely wouldn't get me a job. But the good news is that, for, no, I wouldn't get you a job, but you are sort of displaying yourself as a consummate broadcaster, which is good. A what, what? A what, what? A consummate, a consummate broadcaster. Do you know what that means? Well, what it means is you're a good professional broadcaster. I'm not sure you know what consummate means entirely. Yes, no, it's one of those words that doesn't mean anything much, but they always put it together with professional. They always say a consummate professional. You can't say the word professional without saying consummate. I've in, definitely in said the word professional without consummate. Well, you in future, consummate. Okay, always. It, it's like if somebody is an experienced goal scorer in football, they always take their chances with aplomb. Aplomb is one of these words you never use in any other context apart from somebody scoring a goal it's always scored with aplomb but the good news Ruth is that those people who do like you tend to communicate by email and we have quite a lot of emails like normal people well you say that no I'm going to get such hate I don't want to get more hate mail please don't send it well this is you know we've talked about Love Island this is the other side of celebrity you're getting a tiny 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 little taste of it well no you think like what must it be like for people who have been on Love Island however to receive don't don't look at Twitter I mean if I but how would you not like that is there because of the way that celebrity works now that is their entire career is being after love island is being a social media like presence or whatever Mm. how do you not and especially if you so like youtubers like they build their career from being online and then i've seen people talk about it about how damaging it is to be online all the time but then that's your in a way that's your job that's your job and And also you put so much of yourself yeah if you can look at it as a job that's but how do you separate the? Because the, these pe- these YouTubers, they build their their brand. Their brand is themselves and mm. is their personality. How do you separate the personal from the professional like that? When that's how you've become popular is by being mm. relatable. Yeah. Well, we're building your brand here, Ruth. And the people, <laughs> the people who like you, um, David Sharrett, for instance, has uh, headed his uh, email love mail. This is not hate mail. This is love mail. Superb and fascinating output. He says hate mail. Are sad. Uh, inevitability uh, entertaining nonetheless he's enjoying it uh, more from the thesaurus please well we can add haughty to hoity-toity um, because that's another meaning of supercilious is haughty mm. so you're both a haughty and hoity-toity i, I like hoity-toity it sounds good doesn't it? it almost sounds like a term of affection yeah he says the sad thing is that this kind of vitriol can be found in... vitriol don't know what that means either well just sort of hate yeah yeah Abuse, really. Uh, This kind of vitriol can be found in so many Facebook or YouTube comment sections. Mm. It's something we just tolerate. Just as Joseph de Mestre said, I've no idea who Joseph de Mestre is. Every nation. Philosopher or something? Yeah, it'd be something like that. Every nation gets the government it deserves. Do we similarly get the internet we deserve? And uh, he says, misogynist poker, I see your Winkleman and raise you felts. Now, you probably don't know what I'm talking about here. you remember last week I said I was off. Uh, I sometimes think of sending a hate mail to uh, Claudia Winkleman, who, for some unknown reason, it irritates me intensely, uh, yeah. especially on the shampoo advert. Uh, well, he's obviously saying that. I agree with that and adding Vanessa Feltz into the argument. Oh, Vanessa Feltz, yeah. Yeah, I've no objection to Vanessa Feltz, really. He says, Brexit aside, the bigger cliff edge is what will happen when Ruth goes to university. Any thoughts of continuing the podcast once Ruth has flown the nest? You haven't, but I have. So we'll see. uh, (laughs) But, I mean, the thing is, though, you can't... If I say I don't want to do it, 
then just <laughs> nothing much. You just cut me out. Yeah. Find a new daughter. Well, the thing is, you have got I've two got other two ones. Other daughters, yeah. yeah, so um, I could possibly. He'll just rotate um, us in and out. Mm, well, was it, I, we, we, there may be the odd one. Could be I think, yeah, like a, maybe like a, a Christmas special. Monthly you, right? Easter. Easter special. Um, it, it's, isn't it like International Happiness Day today? Is it really? I think it's so, yeah. international something. Yeah, well, there you go, so be happy. <laughs> I'm happy. On a previous... Now, this is interesting, because on a previous podcast, uh, you mentioned that smoking looked cool in movies, you know, when you see it in movies, and on album covers, you know, you get album covers... Alex Turner. Like Alex Turner of uh, the Arctic Monkeys. I agree, he says it does, you know, on album covers in film. Mm-hmm. However, can you help me understand e-cigs? I just don't get how the white, sickly sweet plume can make anybody look charismatic. Uh, no, and it's true. can't help you. No, uh, that doesn't. And as you said before, I think on a previous podcast, you know, you're standing behind someone who's vaping and you think, hmm. You think strawberry nice shortcake. Sh- strawberry shortcake or ice cream or something, and it's not. I don't think it looks cool. Yeah, Lawrence Wilson uh, also um, loves you. He's uh, listening, he's slowly catching up. He caught on very late, so he's got 50-odd to catch up on. Why? You see, I don't bother with stuff when it's been on for so long. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lawrence Wilson, thank, thank Lawrence Wilson for that. Nick Store uh, sends us an email. He's been listening to me for 100 years and has taken you to task when you apparently in one podcast last week's podcast you said to me can you imagine being a celebrity well in Nick's stores you said that to me yeah what it'd be like being a celebrity we must have been talking about Uh, about hate mail probably yeah yeah. which is the general theme apparently and in Nick's store's eyes I am a celebrity. Yeah. He says, I mean, <laughs> does she not know that her father is a celebrity? I mean, once a semi regular panelist on a long forgotten daytime TV game show. What? Um, I was on a show called oh, Brainwave. It was called Brainwave. And it was a daytime TV show. Wow, it must have been really... It's really had good lasting power as well. Oh, incredible. It's all over YouTube. Actually, I'm on YouTube uh, introducing a breakdancing contest, so imagine that. But anyway, yeah, th- thank you for all that, uh, Nick Store. Once of Sheffield, he said, so he's listening to me, obviously, on north of England, now of Chattanooga, uh, North Georgia, USA. Wow. Mm. And James... I wonder what's over there. James, yeah, well, he loves it in Chattanooga. He's, he's actually been in touch with me before. But James in Cheshire says, I'm looking forward to hearing another supercilious whining lecture this coming weekend. And I also hope that Ruthie will repeat her wonderful impression of the actor Robert Newton. Robert, I don't get that. Well, it's gone uh, way over my head. Yeah, well, it would do because Robert Newton was a film star in like the 40s and 50s, but he did the original. He did oh, the original like pirate. Pi- he did the. He, when anybody does a pirate voice, they're actually doing Robert Newton, the actor. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, weren't the original people who did the pirate voice pirates? <laughs> No, don't. You, you, so you think that actual pirates... So actual pirates were probably, you know, criminals and things. Yeah. They weren't... Yes. That's why they have that. They weren't the lovable characters going around and saying, ha Jim Lad. They would, you know, they would run people through with their cutlasses and steal all yeah, their and then, stuff. Yeah, and say R at the end. Would they say R at the end? Yeah. And how would they say it? No, I'm not doing it. You're not doing it? No. Nope. So, but, but he said he also remembers you when you were about four doing your hilarious impression of my hilarious impression of Dick Van Dyke doing his absurd Cockney accent in the original 1960s film of Mary Poppins and um, when you do, used to do that on um, one yeah, of the other podcasts I think yeah when you were, t- when you were tiny uh, if you do want to email us 
with anything. Um, it, it does seem the hate mail is coming through the post. Uh, the email is more, <laughs> it's quite weird, really. is more supportive. So if you want to email us, um, supportive or not, or suggest... A couple of people there have suggested tunes, and I'll, I'll take that up. But if you do want to email us, uh, it's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that address again for the hard of hearing, martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. Take a short break and then we'll uh, listen to some music. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Start with me this week, shall we? There's an album come out called John Savage's 1968. And John Savage is a bit of a, a music journo, and he's, he puts together compilations of music that was happening in various years through the 60s. He specialises in the 60s. And in 68, you had this weird sort of period. He calls it uh, 68 when the world was burning, because you had the riots in Paris, you had uh, race riots in the, uh, in the States, and you had campus violence in the States and all that. We were moving from the sort of innocent, yeah, 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 pop Beatles type era mm -hmm. into a sort of psychedelic era. Uh, and this is the first edition, they're called. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Well, that's uh, called Just Dropped In to see what condition my condition was in and was done by uh, the first edition. So it's a sort of typical 60s counterculture, this sort of counterculture uh, song. And it had all those lyrics like, you know, I found my mind in a paper bag. I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. It's all very trippy type uh, lyrics, but still, yeah, but still uh, a bit of a pop song in many ways. It was a hit in the States. And uh, it was the first edition, who, interestingly enough, one of the 
performers in the first edition was Kenny Rogers. Have oh, you heard of Kenny yeah, Rogers? Yeah, yeah, no, I've heard of Kenny Ke- Rogers. Kenny and Dolly. Yeah. So not psychedelic. No, I was going to say. But that's how he started out. So what have you got? Uh, 81 years old. He's still alive, by the way, Kenny Rogers. 81 years old. Uh, married five times. Um, wow, that's a lot of times. Yes. Can you imagine being married ta- five times? Five times. How could you possibly find five people you want to marry? Well, Kenny Rogers, mate, he's a country, country music star, so oh. that explains it. Very country music. Um, he's got an estate in Colbert in Georgia, and on his estate, Rogers keeps a pet goat named Smitty. Having originally acquired the animal from a friend in 2008, according to Rogers, the goat has been his centre, providing a calming influence after long and stressful touring schedules. So I've back to my UK hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a song called Chances by Subculture Sage. Chances are you Well, now that's strange. I did play. You must like that, there. I probably do. I played uh, double the uh, because I thought I'm playing two things there. I'm playing "Chances Are" by Johnny Mathis, which was one that I used to play on. See, I didn't even know that. Yeah, "Chances Are" by uh, Johnny Mathis is what the, like been jazz. Sam- that's been okay. sampled in there, a sort of crooning thing from late fifties, early sixties, which I used to play on Radio Two. The actual song. Did you actually? Yeah, yeah. In the uh, in the eighties. 30 years ago and then he's he goes into it's very, very clever because yeah, it's cool, did you, it? you didn't even know he sampled it no did I, didn't, I assumed it must have been sampled from well i thought that maybe because it, it has a sample sound but i didn't i wasn't sure mm. but i didn't know it had yeah, no so um well tell me all about uh, subculture what subculture sage subculture it's sage. the brainchild of producer subculture sounds and lyricist hype man sage spent their pocket money on moss death records and stuff but there's not much about them they don't have like a wikipedia page they don't have an about on spotify so it is difficult to find the stuff about them but they're kind of in the same scene as people like loyal Karner and stuff like that kind of jazz hip-hop fusion type thing but they're very they're so cool Mm. like they're so cool that's so cool. Well, you know, obviously I enjoyed that because it was, uh, when I first put it on, it goes into the whole bit from Chances Are Yeah, it's, quite, it's quite a long time. Do you not recognise the voice of Johnny Mathis? Nope. Um, yeah, he's Mr Smooth. That, that was great. Very, very good. Thank you. Uh, speaking of which, Lord Carner is on at uh, Glastonbury. We Glastonbury. were discussing Glastonbury. On the bus. Um, <laughs> on the bus. A couple of newspapers are saying it's a very disappointing lineup. but you take a... I thought it was great. It sounded like a decent lineup to well, me. Well, I, I mean... What Stormzy, Sto- Stormzy was one of the on the top line. It was like Stormzy, Kylie, The Cure, Killers, yeah. um, Miley Cyrus, who I love. Miley Cyrus, like I think she's brilliant. Bugsy Malone was there. Bugsy the Streets him, was yeah. there. Were there? Mm. They're great. Yeah. So um, yeah, I didn't think it looked disappointing, but I have. I think that's a lot of people have said that, yeah. haven't they? Well, I do you think it's just the thing about Glastonbury is it seems to be for the for the middle aged more than for I think the, for it's youth. just for people who are a little bit older, just because it's bit more expensive so people who are disappointed with it would have preferred say a big act like led zeppelin yeah like the stones like you were saying i guess stones yeah 
so should we talk about Venezuela? Let's talk about Venezuela. A million Venezuelan refugees have gone from Venezuela to Colombia, and Colombia have very much like opened their doors quite freely and been unlike all the other countries who have put like further restrictions like all the other South American countries in America obviously who have put further restrictions on Venezuelan refugees Colombia have just completely been like come over here because it used to be all one one thing mm. Panama Peru Venezuela and Colombia I think maybe not Peru but those four countries it used to be all one thing so there's quite a lot of like shared heritage and stuff but Venezuela people are starving to death starving and to death, there's yeah. um because of the so, um, terrible, terrible um, Prime Minister, Nicolas... Maduro. Maduro. The, there's, like, really bad inflation, basically. Oh, and so the money's just worth nothing. There's, um, there's one of the stories is of an artist... Um, not even an artist, just like a business, like a guy trying to make a business or whatever. And because the money's worth, it, worth so little, people just leave money around because mm. it's not... No there's no point carrying it um, and he's so he's taken lots of the Venezuelan notes which are really bright colours and made them into bags and purses and and art and like fashion and art and whatever because just because the money's worth so little so I think that really illustrates like how bad it is and stuff but also um, there was a, a guy did a kind of like a documentary series thing and I watched that and he went to Colombia and they were serving like big like hot dogs basically and he was saying how much would this cost in Venezuela and they were like oh this would maybe be like two months salary or something yeah, just so you can't afford to eat basically so going to Colombia but my so my main thing was obviously this is terrible but what I think is more interesting is that I hadn't heard of this until I saw this video so and I genuinely had not heard that there was such like there Poverty has been in Venezuela. Lot, and you said there's been a lot of it in like. We've done it on my show on Talk Radio every week for the last. Which uh, obviously I listen to. Yeah. There's a <laughs> no, lot there of talk about like Venezuela because it was, a, it was supposed to be a socialist paradise. Yeah. Uh, Hugo Chavez, who was the predecessor of uh, Nicolas Maduro, came in. Lots of support from people like Jeremy Corbyn. Lots of support from socialists all over the place because that was going to, you know, this was uh, going to cut out America from it. And you will hear people that argue that the problems of Venezuela are all down to the USA because yeah. the USA doesn't like the socialist government in uh, Venezuela. Yeah, they, they, they have somehow caused this. I think it's more likely caused by the, uh, the absolute incredible corruption of Maduro and before him uh, Chavez. And also the fact that, you know, which... Is that endemic in socialist uh, states? Does so- it yeah, does socialism is. have to be... But, but I just hate been. the idea that socialism has to end up with yeah. immense poverty for the many and wealth for the few. Yeah. Like, I hate that that You've is You've actually why reversed uh, Corbyn's slogan there. <laughs> poverty for the many, incredible wealth for the few. It but has that, well, always ended up like that. It's always ended up like that. It ends up like that in Russia and Cuba and all these, these places who have actually had socialist states. I hate the idea that that is just humanity's instinct, is just greed. And that's how it's going to end up. Somehow in the media that I come across, just not heard about Venezuela, because I think they're too busy bothering about Brexit. Well, I think our home news programmes are, but I think if you get your news off the internet, as most people do these days... But I've not heard about loads of it on the internet. Well, are you looking at the uh, YouTubers selling toxic tea or whatever it is? (laughs) Detox tea. No, I don't follow any of those because I think it's... Genuinely, I think there should be laws against selling them. It's like 
terrible and it literally gives people eating disorders oh detox tea yeah so there's these youtubers and they show a picture of themselves and they're like this is what i've got from drinking my detox teas or whatever and it's not it's what you've got from having no job so you can keep an impossible um fitness regime here is that we all should know more about venezuela because it is horrendous what's going on there unbelievable it is unbelievable And, and it was a little bit like the muslim people in chinese internment camps how is that not bigger news? Like, I know it. I know it is in like newspapers and stuff, but that that should be the leading story of every single news broadcast. Yes, uh, well, like surely I mean, it should. Well, the leading story at the Mi- moment. Millions should... of people in literal concentration camps. Mm. How is that not the leading item of every news thing? Well, one argument would be that you know we all need to do a lot of trade with China, so yeah. we maybe give China an, a, an easy time. In that respect, I mean, there are organisations like Amnesty and everything which keep an eye on these sort of things and try and get them to the top of the news agenda, but it's difficult. Mm -hmm. But also at the top of the news agenda now should be the floods in uh, Malawi and Mozambique. Millions of people, or hundreds of thousands of people, possibly dying through those and whole areas. And you always think how small an issue Brexit is compared, you know, in world No one's dying over Brexit. But we always have. I know people who listen to the BBC World Service all the time simply because they reckon that's the only way they can find out what's happening in the world. Mm. Well, you'll be thrilled to hear, Ruth, yet another book about teenagers is uh, is out inventing ourselves the secret life of the teenage brain by sarah jane blakemore it's not a secret literally just ask moody lazy selfish three of the spice girls that never quite <laughs> made it uh, moody lazy selfish secrets of the teenage brain explained is the headline on this review and it talks initially about teenagers slamming doors etc etc mm-hmm. and getting very embarrassed about things uh, Bla- the, the advantage of this book is that she is a professor in cognitive neuroscience at University College Fair London enough. so she Fair does uh, she's, it's actually about the human brain yeah. um, she says the the human brain carries on changing substantially through our teens and into our 20s and even 30s. She talks about sleep and uh, circadian rhythms. Apparently, in your teenage... What, does, what is a circadian rhythm? I hear people say it all the time. Well, apparently, I think it's just the rhythm of the rhythm of life. But what as, does circadian uh, mean? It's, it, isn't it one of those words, though, that people use a lot, and I've never known what it means, really? I think circadian rhythms, it's a bit like consummate professional. I think circadian rhythms... Uh, was about I tell you what, I did not spell it right. I spelled it S-C-A-D-I-A-N. It's actually spelled C-E-I... No, C-I-R-C-A-D-I-A-N. Like circle waves. I guess that's from the same word, probably. Yes, it will be. A circadian rhythm is any biological process that displays an endogenous... Intrainable oscillation of about 24 hours. Also, oh, anything that works in a 24 hour rhythm. Yeah. You're, Good. <laughs> apparently, during your teenage years, your circadian rhythms change, affecting uh, your sleep patterns. Right, yeah, that makes sense because you need more sleep when you're a teenager than you even do when you're a child, don't you? Yes, that's right. Adolescence involves developing a self identity, particularly a social one. So, the areas of the brain involved in social cognition, social understanding, and peer influence are all undergoing huge amounts of change. Hmm. So, I the it's really just about like you're becoming your own person like mm. you're not just becoming a smaller version of your parents or whatever and i think that that one of the things is that you just need to give teenagers enough space to decide who they want to be and who mm. they want to be friends with and how they want to act 
I might say this might be stupid because I don't have children but sometimes I think people say that it must be really hard to raise like teenagers and stuff but actually surely it's quite easy because you just give them room well it depends on how their circadian rhythms are moving and it also depends on you know what what they're like yeah um, and but then it, is that like a personality to... thing or like a like a nurture thing like do you think that teenagers who really act out act out because they their parents were bad parents when they were a child or just because that's their nature before puberty it's normal for children to get up at 6am and be really energetic and then suddenly as teenagers they can't go to sleep until later than their parents it's partly a natural shift in their biology. Teenage brains start producing melatonin, the hormone that induces sleep in humans, about two hours later in the evening. Really? So, yeah, apparently. I had no idea. See, I've never had a problem. Like, I go to sleep at 11, mm. like, every night. Yeah. Uh, the one thing we know is really important for development is getting a sufficient amount of good quality sleep Well, then they shouldn't night. start school so early. Sleep, sleep is the thing we know <laughs> is really important, not just for brain development and learning, but for mental health. Uh, and a lot of people said that absolutely what you just said, that you shouldn't start school so early. But Well, uh, it would be impossible. Like, I have to... The latest I could get up, really, is, like, 6.45 what do they yes, want me well, to do go to sleep at like eight no you're absolutely right well not take your phone to bed with you is probably one thing in terms yeah, of no, but I'm, i go to i get to sleep for like 11 like i'm asleep for like 11 on mm. school nights and stuff so i can't really go you know i can't go to sleep much earlier than that no well you go to sleep at 10 i suppose yeah no but i wouldn't be able to get to sleep no fair enough have you got a meme of the week for us ruth i do indeed it's a brexit meme yeah, fair enough. So, Brexit analogy. We've all been on a night out with a mate who says, it's crap here, let's go somewhere else. Then when you leave, you realise he has no idea where to go and the place you left won't let you back in. The UK is standing in a kebab shop at 2am arguing about whose fault it is. That's very, very That's good. That's very good, isn't it? If you want to get in touch with us over email, the address is martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to listen to the songs in full, then you can go over to our Spotify playlist and search for Ruthie, me and my dad, or just Martin and Ruth. And you can find those two songs in full and all the others from all the other weeks we've been doing the song. Almost all the other weeks we've been doing the songs. It's like one um, song I forgot, <laughs> and now I can't remember what it is. It's all to do with Shoot your, me. It's your circadian rhythms. Uh, so, yes, uh, Martin and Ruth podcast at gmail.com and uh, the Spotify. Uh, just go to Martin and Ruth and more or less do it, won't it? Spotify, you can just search Martin and Ruth or Ruthie, me and my dad. And we won't see you next week because you're on French Exchange. I forgot. Yeah, no. French Exchange. We'll see, so we'll see, see you in about a fortnight, I suspect. 